Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. We are at episode 50 and it's really, really funny because I actually had a different topic planned for today's recording and I didn't record, I was meant to record this yesterday and I didn't because I was just like, it's not really feeling quite right. It's a, it's a great topic, but just not right for me to be passionate about and, and do a podcast on just yet. And so I waited, which I don't usually do. I usually go, you know what, I've, I've got to get this episode out, so I'll record. But I waited, and then this topic came to me about 30 minutes ago. And I'm recording this on Friday morning, the episode. Hopefully, it will come out on Saturday. And it's just, it's completely right. And it's also really funny because it's episode 50. 50 episodes to me is a milestone for my podcast. And the topic that I wanted to talk on today was... How would I coach myself out of the crash that I had in 2016? Now, before I get into the topic, as usual, thank you so much if you're a returning listener. If you are new, uh, thank you so much for joining me. If you resonate with anything in the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could give it a share on your Instagram stories or Facebook or wherever uh, so we can get this podcast out to more people. And if you're feeling extremely generous, leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts would be absolutely amazing. I would really appreciate that. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic. What I actually have is six things or six ways I would help coach myself out of my crash that happened in 2016. So two things to set the scene for you. The first one is I am going to take you through what my crash was, what it was like, so you can see what it was like. But I also wanted to say like, who is this topic really going to be suited for? If you're the type of woman who is still crash dieting before events, right? So maybe you've got a wedding or a birthday or whatever. And honestly, when you get the invite, the first thing in your mind is like, I need to find a dress that I can fit into and I'm going to go on a really strict regime prior to this event, okay? If you're still stepping on the scale and feeling really anything, feeling like overjoyed that it's going down or, you know, really upset that it's going up or not moving, any of those things, if you're not neutral stepping on a scale and just using it as a data point and and potentially being like curious and interested, if it's anything that has like real emotion attached to it, uh, especially if it's about your worthiness or attractiveness or anything like that, this is the episode for you. If you dread seeing photos of yourself, like if you've gone to an event and someone has tagged you, I don't know if people still do this, but they did this when I was a lot younger. They would tag you in Facebook photos and all of those sorts of things and you couldn't really stop it. Uh, If that still fills you with a lot of dread, this episode is for you. If you're still believing that there's like a magic program, that there's some person who has this magic program or that there's this clean foods or if you eat the way an influencer is eating with everything's, you know, pretty and beautiful and there's certain foods that you have to source from, you know, specific 
places to, to consume and this is going to get you to feel finally worthy and whole in your body or you're just completely feeling unworthy in the skin you're in right now this episode is going to be for you okay so let me set the scene pretty quickly if you haven't listened to the very first episode of this podcast about what was happening to me in 2016. So I, I actually am not going to do the maths on how old I was. I think I was like 28 or 29 in 2016, but I really started to have body, Im- 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 <laughs> body image issues from about 15. So we're looking at almost uh, 15 years of pretty bad body image issues. I never had a diagnosed eating disorder. I was absolutely engaged in disordered eating behaviors, like without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Potentially it might've had me diagnosed, but I never sought any help for it or I never spoke to a GP. I really never told anyone about these problems that I was having. My friends, I didn't really know either. We would kind of joke about doing extra activity. We would kind of joke about wanting to be lean or wanting to be skinny. I grew up in the... Um, I was a kid in the early 90s and was going through, you know, my teenage years or my high school years was like 2000 to 2005, where we were really bombarded with very, very skinny women as aspirational figures. Like there were no curbs in our media at all. Uh, so that's what I was being bombarded with. And I had really poor body image self-talks that started from about 15 and the whole time from like 15 to that 28, 29, whatever, however old I was in 2016 was truly solely focused on being smaller. And it's crazy to me because I was doing, you know, I went through uni at that time where I was doing a double degree. Um, I did arts law. I really should have been focused on what I was doing at uni and I just wasn't, I wasn't. And even coming into my first job, so I worked as a lawyer for five years, it's still in that time, I still remember my sole priority, my sole focus wasn't necessarily being better at my job. It was how can I be smaller? And I'm sure that when I'm smaller, I'll find a boyfriend or someone who will validate me and tell me that I'm worthy. And that's how I'll know that I'm worthy. I know it sounds very self-indulgent, but I, I need to be honest and put this out there because I know if it affected me, it's going to be affecting so many of you. And so many of the women I coach, they're so smart. They're so talented. They have so much happening in their lives. And yet the most important thing to them is being smaller because they feel so unworthy on the inside. Okay, so painting the picture coming in to 2016, what happened? So I was sort of reaching like I've really got to do something drastic because nothing's been working for all of these years. Okay, and it's not that I was overweight by any means. I was very lean. I was smaller than I am now. Yeah, like very lean. It still wasn't good enough for me. And I thought I I actually jumped on Instagram, I think in maybe 2014-ish, maybe 2014 and I started to see evidence of bikini comps and people getting really really lean and I was like okay so if this is what they're doing this is something I should do 
cut a long story short, I did get sidetracked and I start, I took up running and marathon. <laughs> I did a marathon. I did the Great Ocean Road Marathon. I thought maybe that would help in, in 2014. It didn't. Uh, but then I thought, you know what? I think bikini competing is going to be the thing where I can like, it's socially acceptable way to get very lean. And of course, once I'm there, I'm going to maintain that and the, everyone's going to love me. And it's going to be this amazing, amazing thing that I do. I'm going to get all of this attention and be a completely different person basically, right? So I went through that process. Actually, there are a lot of amazing takeaways that I got from doing this. It wasn't all bad. Uh, but in terms of, I guess, my body image and my eating behaviors, it definitely made all of that worse, okay? So what happened after that is I did get down to a weight that I thought everything would be better. I, It's ironic, I was that weight on stage day. Like, it's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Uh, and then my whole world fell apart very, very soon after. So the relationship that I was in was heavily breaking down. I had left my job as a lawyer at the start of 2016 and was starting my personal training business. And it really, really hurt me to be starting this business and having gone through what was happening, which was a really rapid weight gain because I felt like a complete imposter on the gym floor trying to help women when I was gaining weight really, really rapidly. Okay. So basically I did my comp and pretty much started I think I don't. I think I'd been on the gym floor for three or four weeks um, after my comp, and I gained eight kilo. Uh, sorry, twelve kilos in two months. I gained twelve kilos in two months, and I'm five foot one. So you can imagine, like it. It was a lot really, really quickly. It's not like I was, you know, some hundred ish six foot kilo, hundred ish kilos six foot dude where you know twelve kilos in eight weeks. Like you, you might notice, but it wouldn't be crazy. But for someone who was really small having finished a show being five foot one it was a lot and you know none of my clothes fit very very quickly and my whole world had just got turned upside down because not only had I gained all that weight really quickly I thought at that stage weight everything was going to be amazing and everything was really bad and not only that like not only did I get hit in the face with that reality but then that changed and went to the opposite end of the spectrum I'd never weighed that much in my life so I went from the lightest I'd ever weighed as a you know as an adult I guess to the heaviest I'd ever weighed as an adult within eight week period of time after 26 weeks of severe dieting it was a fucking nightmare if you I imagine that you can understand that it was it was just an extreme year for me, right? It was an extreme year. You know, I'd quit my job as a lawyer after five years. I just started my own business, having having not had any friends do personal training, not having having any friends run their own businesses. Like it was just a, it was a. I called I've called it a crash. It was a crash. It was a complete and utter crash, and it was a really big challenge for me. So what happened? I did my show. I think there were around. It was around September 2016. And I didn't start working with my coach until early 2017. So in that time, I was working with uh, the comp prep coach I had, not my coach who I have now. And unfortunately, they had only ever coached myself and someone else. No skill set to help me through this period of time. Um, I don't. I wasn't sharing that much. I don't think I can. I went back and saw some of my emails, and they were very brief. There was also a whole lot of things that were going wrong with the way I was being coached out of that phase, like just being told that carbs would make me fat, and all like just stuff that is just silly, right? Uh, and so there were a lot of really 
challenging things happening for me at this period of time. And I did get out of it, right? I got myself out of it and I approached who my coach who I'm now working with now and that was amazing. It changed my life, right? But what I wanted to do with this episode is talk you through like what I know now, having had that experience, having been a coach myself now for over six years, having been working with my coach for five years or whatever it is, how would I how would I speak to myself now if I was my own coach back then? What would I say? Because this is going to be incredibly helpful for you if you're, like I said, with those scenarios at the start of the podcast, if you're still there, this is going to be incredibly helpful. So hopefully you don't have to hit a rock bottom. I'm sorry if you already have. It's horrible. But if, you know, I, I hope I can prevent that for at least one person or to be honest, if if you're still in the middle of your rock bottom and it's been really, really rough, hopefully this can help to start turn to turn things around for you. So let's get into the six things that I would say to myself now, back then. The first one is, as hard as this is to appreciate, this is a season. This is a season. And within a few months, you're going to start to feel a little bit better. And in about, I think it was like seven or eight months, the weight that you have been carrying for the last 15 years is going to completely disappear. That's something that I didn't have a concept of. I thought that, well, that's just how I would live my life with this you know, external pressure to look a certain way or at least feeling like there was an external pressure to look a certain way, never meeting up to that and just always constantly trying to be smaller and diet. Like that was the, I just couldn't envisage a life that was different to that. But I would say to myself, Truly, this is a season and seasons come and go. And this is not always going to be a focal point of your life. You're not always going to wake up feeling pretty horrible in the way you look, in the way you look. You're not always going to wake up pulling, tearing yourself apart. You're not always going to wake up and the first thing you do is find fault in the way you look. This is a season and it's not going to last. The second one is acceptance and this is a really tough one because when I think when high achievers hear acceptance there's a fucking shit ton of resistance because it's like I don't want to accept this because I need more I want more I deserve more I can achieve more I can control more I can do more so I totally get it acceptance isn't something we want but we need to appreciate that if we really want change if we really want say a next level or evolution or getting better or any of those sorts of things, we can't actually get there without accepting where we are now. We really do have to accept. To accept doesn't mean you can't change or try something new or be different or evolve or grow. It doesn't mean that. All it means is getting really honest with yourself with where you're at now and giving you just fucking five seconds of acknowledging that you are human as much as you would like to believe you're not and that you're invincible and that you're a superwoman and that you can just brush everything under the rug and keep moving. You cannot do that or you can for a period of time and then you have a crash like I had a crash, right? It's going to happen sooner or later if you can't accept where you are. You can only push so much stuff under the rug. So I would have to say aim You really need to accept that this is where you're at right now. This is the reality of the situation and which I'll I'll get into a moment soon, but it's like you're trying to find something that doesn't exist in the place you're trying to find it. 
So what do I mean by that? You're looking for worthiness continually outside of yourself. This is what I need to accept. You are looking for worthiness continually outside of yourself and it's not there. I needed to accept that that was the path that I was on and I need to accept the reality of the situation, which is my worthiness can only ever come from what's inside, not from seeking external validation, not from getting smaller and seeking compliments from other people, which is what I was doing. Seeking acceptance from other people because I was smaller, being more likable because I was smaller. And let's not just bullshit this. The truth is, unfortunately, and this may not be the way it is forever, hopefully not, but unfortunately, what we're, the message that we're told from a lot of different companies who are trying to sell us solutions to problems that they've made up for us is that being, being bigger is a problem that needs to be solved. Being, being smaller is what gets you to be more liked and more attention and you belong. And we all want to belong. Belonging is just a human thing that we all want to do. There's nothing wrong with that. It's very human. We actually do better when we are, um, you know, feel like we belong to something. That's why so many people seek out things to belong to. It's, that's totally fine. But it's not when the problem is made up to sell us a solution, Okay. And I just needed to accept that what I was doing was trying to seek something outside of myself that could never be fulfilled. That would be just a never-ending hamster wheel. And I couldn't fulfill it by doing that. I had to really come inside myself and accept that to feel worthiness was an inside job, not seeking that accept, not seeking that, sorry, external validation from everyone else. So that was the second one. The third one is really coming off the back of this is like, what is your problem really? Is it a genuine problem or as in, is it a truthful, is a truthful problem or is it something you've made up yourself? And this can be really, really hard to accept. We do want to put all the external blame on, oh, it's society, it's this, oh, it's that, or it's my mom, or it's blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, of course, there can be really horrible circumstances for different things. Like absolutely can't discount that. Um, So much of the messaging of the women who have had lots of struggles with body image and food and all of those sorts of things. Unfortunately, it was behavior mirrored from parents or friends or family or just a constant barrage of comments from other people who they loved and who loved them. But it's just a, a never ending cycle of basically being stuck in this trap that I was stuck into of, of really relating like your size to your self-worth and only smaller means you're worthy. So it's like, what was my problem really? My problem really wasn't that I wanted to lose weight to get healthy. That's, you know, something that I would constantly be saying, I'm on a health kick. I'm on a health kick. I'm on a health kick. Fucking bullshit. You're on a fucking health kick. You're not. You're trying to get down to a scale weight that you believed you'd find worthiness in. Okay, so it's like, what was my problem really? The fact of the matter was, it was a worthiness problem. It wasn't anything to do with body fat levels. Like I could kid myself about that all day, every day. It wasn't to do that with that. Okay, so it was looking at that, and then I would say to myself, okay, so it's not actually that you're striving for, you know, a healthier daily routine or any of those sorts of things. That's just bullshit. The real problem is the in a work thing. Okay. So whatever that would look like, and I didn't see a therapist or anything for this at that point in time. And I've, I keep trying to rack my brain in terms of like, what was the internal work that I did? Because it was never, it wasn't structured. I didn't do a course. I didn't see a therapist. There was none of those sorts of things, but 
I think it was just hitting that rock bottom and saying to myself, which is the very next point, so I'll get into it, which is, yeah, number four, which is if I keep doing the same things, I'm going to keep getting the same results. So I've been trying this way for 15 years. I've been trying to limit my food. I've been trying to overexercise. I've been, I've held the belief that I'll feel better, like I'll feel whole, right? I'll feel worthy when I get to this scale weight. And I was like, I got there and it didn't work. <laughs> I got to the scale weight that I thought everything would be amazing and it wasn't. Everything actually got worse. So I was like, okay, so that's just telling me it's not this scale weight that's going to be the magic thing for to change my life. And I really think that that was the moment in time that it happened. It was getting there and seeing that. And it's like, maybe that's why I didn't go down the therapy route or anything like that because it was just a slap. It was just such a, it was like a, someone threw cold water in my face and I could finally see the truth that you've been working to this thing for 15 years. You got there and it wasn't like what you thought it would be like, right? It wasn't the thing. And I just said to myself, I can keep like, I can keep doing this, but it's not going to get me to where I want to be. I've got to do something different. So it very much found, felt counterintuitive to me when I met with my coach and he said, you're not dieting for six months. Like you're not going to diet for six months. We, you're not doing that. And the reason why I said, okay, was because I was at my wit's end. I just, I'd crashed and burnt. I was at the bottom. There was nowhere else for me to go right? There was nowhere else for me to go. I couldn't continue to lose weight past that old number. Hell, I would, I just had gained 12 kilos, right? And it felt almost like the scale wasn't stopping. It was just up, 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 up every day. I couldn't stop it. And I was trying to diet during the 12 week gain. I wasn't in a fucking reverse and a surplus intentionally, guys. I don't know if I've ever actually said that out loud. I was still trying to diet during that 12 kilo weight gain. I just couldn't. I was, I had all of my um, hormonal signals were all dysregulated from just the, the, the really strict diet I had done and the amount of weight I'd lost and all of those sorts of things. It was just, it was not a good place and it was really counterintuitive, but what I knew in and of myself is that I can't keep going this way. Like it didn't work. It just didn't work. I'd really got there. I'd done the thing and it didn't work. So as as counterintuitive as it felt to be at the heaviest weight I'd ever weighed, having just held this belief for so long that being lighter was the answer to my problems, I knew it wasn't going to solve it. And I knew if I keep doing this thing, the same thing, I'm going to stay miserable in my body, right? And it wasn't like I didn't have amazing time, uh, you know, amazing things happen to me in my life in those 15 years. You know, that's not, that's not the whole truth of the story where we're complex human beings. We have, we live complex lives. There are a lot of things happening for us, but when it comes to my body image and my self-worth and all of those sorts of things, yes, the whole, the story was the same for those 15 years. Okay. So this brings me to point number five, which is, okay, so we're understanding that we've got to accept where we are. We can't keep doing the same thing um, or else we're just going to get the same results. We're just, if we're unhappy and doing these things, we're going to continue to be unhappy, right? I have to do something different. So the question then becomes with number five is, what is going to improve your self-esteem that you do have control over? Like, I don't really have control over my scale work per se. Like I can implement things to bring it up, bring it down roughly, right? But I can't ever 
dictate I it's absolutely going to stay at this number and it's never going to shift like that's really really hard to do we don't have control over that what we do have control over is like you know what we eat how much we exercise all of those sorts of things those things weren't necessarily improving my self-esteem so I had to ask myself like what's something that I can engage in that is going to improve my self-esteem that I have control over like what's something I can actually engage in myself that's going to improve my self-esteem okay so I actually started up um, I didn't complete it but I started like a preseason footy training just to be around some more women I tend to introversion which isn't that good for me I definitely do better when I'm with other women and, and even men like with with other people right but I did a footy uh, training for footy season, like, sorry, preseason footy, which was really fun and really good. And I was focusing on my skills in that. I'd moved to, um, I was hypertrophy training again, but we had a really big focus on trying to build muscle mass for the first time ever. Like I wasn't even in my bikini day in my, that 2016 bikini prep, I wasn't really talking about building muscle like at that much. It wasn't what I really wanted, even though I said it online, it wasn't the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter was I still wanted to be smaller, but in that 2017 year, we were really focusing on big numbers, like what numbers can I hit? What's the biggest numbers that I can hit with my training volumes um, and and showing up consistently to training as well. So I was consistent in my training in 2016, but prior to that, I had been sort of on and off training, on and off running, never really stuck to things. I would have like weeks and weeks off at periods of times when things got stressful with work or whatever. But in this 2017 period, I was focused on just doing the work, you know, whether I wanted to or not, however I felt. And that actually really built my self-esteem, being able to do a session, have it be a shit session and not make it be the fucking end of the world. And just like handle that like an adult, uh, a realistic adult that's like, okay, I don't feel great today. I'm, you know, I've done the session as best as I possibly could. And just that being enough without throwing a fucking hissy fit, you know, it was really character building for me to do things through not being perfect. They didn't have to be the most extreme thing ever. I didn't have to, you know, constantly um, hit PBs to be satisfied. It was the satisfaction came in showing up when I didn't want to, which is not something that I'd really done um, without that, you know, that very big public goal and that desire to be smaller that I had in 2016. This was more so just for me, it was very quiet and unassuming. And, you know, it wasn't this big public fanfare. It was really just to prove to myself, I can do the hard things and no one else was seeing this, right? I wouldn't have I would have looked like nothing much was happening on the outside, but there was so much happening on the inside because every day was a vote of confidence that, yes, I can do hard things. Yes, I can show up for myself. And none of this is related to me being a smaller human or being less or taking up less space or any of those sorts of things. It's actually me showing myself that I can commit to something and I can I can do these challenging things day after day after day. Okay, so it was really number five is really asking yourself, what's going to improve my self-esteem? So for a lot of you, it could be sticking to a routine again when things aren't perfect. And I've seen so many of my clients go through this. When they first come to me, they they tell me that their issue is with perfectionism, that they do a lot of all or nothing, that if something's not perfect, it's not worth it. Um, sometimes they feel like they might be disappointing their coach, which I actually don't believe in that. I feel like I'm disappointing my coach. I, I don't think that that's true. I think when we, when we dive into that more, it's actually more about being terrified of disappointing yourself. 
It's actually nothing to do with the coach, but I think we can say it because we can kind of pass the buck off to our coach. Like, oh, if I pass a buck, it's like pointing a finger and blaming something else when really we don't want to admit to ourselves that we might be disappointing ourselves. Yeah. So number five is what is truly going to improve your self-esteem? And like I said, for so many of us, it's actually sticking to a routine even when we don't want to or when we don't feel like it. Doing things that we know, even though we might not want to do them now, they're going to pay off in the long run. Eating the food now, sticking at maintenance calories now, even though we don't want to, we want to be in a deficit because we know it's the right thing to do for our health and our well-being, okay? What's the thing that is really going to pay dividends in a year's time? Not what's the thing that's going to give me satisfaction now? And I truly believe that that's where self-esteem lies. Our ability to delay our gratification. Because when we constantly engage in in instant gratification, we're not building our self-esteem. We're not keeping promises to ourselves. We're not showing ourselves that we can do the hard things. And that's not where self-esteem is built. Self-esteem is built in delayed gratification. It's doing those things you truly know you need to do for your health and well-being long-term. You, we all know. We really know. If we're getting honest with ourselves, you know this deep down. You might not want to admit it. You might want to pretend that you've got all these other things to be distracted by and whatever. But it's like I knew deep down through all of those years that what I was doing was destructive. I just didn't want to admit it to myself because I was so tied to maybe it's going to be the thing that will improve my or that I will find validation in and that I will find my worthiness in. But I knew it wasn't good for me. Okay, which brings me to the last one. What can you do that's challenging and fun, but also has nothing to do with your scale weight or being smaller? Because you will need something that's going to be, that's going to stretch you. People are happy for a moment of relaxation, like of when we're not doing something that stretches us. It doesn't last for very long. I talk about this book. I It's somewhere in here in one of these red ones here. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube, I just pointed. But there's this book called Strive by a guy called Dr. Adam Fraser. I love it. I rave about it so much. I highly recommend you read it. But it, it says that humans, we really, really do better when we've got a little bit of a stretch goal in front of us. It is fun. It is challenging. It does push us to be better. We actually don't do that well when we're kind of languishing in just nothing, when we're not testing ourselves, when we're not challenging ourselves. And that can look so different for so many people. For some people, the challenge might actually be like pulling back. Yeah. Like, and that was the same thing for me. I was just repeating a pattern of overdoing everything and under eating. So I'm not saying that Okay, by striving, it means you've got to turn the fucking dial up and burn yourself out. That's if you're listening, if you've heard that, you've you've really missed the point. The strive is to do something that's challenging you to be more aligned with self-esteem building pursuits, constructive pursuits that are better for your health and well-being and the people around us, okay? Because so much of this too is linked with people around us. And there's this huge wave right now online. I don't know if you guys are seeing it too, but very, very self-centered, very individualistic focus. And I've I've spoken about this on podcasts before, but I had an amazing conversation with one of my clients, I think at the start of the year, and she really pushed something to perspective for me because I was going heavily down this individualistic route as well. Very much like, be your own hype person. You know, everything's focused on you. You should put your blinkers on and blah, blah, blah. And I think like 
it's good to some extent <laughs> to take responsibility for yourself and you know you have we have control over a lot we don't have control over everything but i don't think that we should be turning our back on other people and isolating ourselves from other people and pedestaling ourselves on top of other people i think that that's not where we do well we don't thrive in those sorts of environments we might thrive for a little bit but it becomes very isolating and lonely and again going back to one of the points i made before we do want to belong And we feel really fucking good when we're helping other people, when we're being with other people, when we're supporting other people, when we're taking the time to ask how other people are and what can we do for them. It's really good for us to be doing that, okay? So my question is, like, how can we, for a moment, potentially take the focus so much off? Like, how do we look and and such an individualistic pursuit that really doesn't have any positive ripple effect on anyone else? right? It really doesn't. And ask ourselves, like, what's something we can do that's fun and challenging, but has nothing to do with how we look or how much we weigh or how small we can be or how little space we can take up? What else can we do, right? So for me, like I said, that was a little bit of the preseason with football. I just got worried about injuries and I had a conversation with my coach about injuries and we talked about, you know, how that might affect my employment as a personal trainer on a gym floor if I, you know, suffered a pretty severe injury. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, But building a community of women that I could help, that I could share my knowledge with was really beneficial for me. It's it's a, like a legacy that I've had now and that I want to continue in the future. Like my future will always include communities of women and sharing and teaching and informing and helping and assisting. It's very important for me. And it is something that I've done that has really, really helped build my self-esteem, being able to see that I am contributing to society, contributing to a community of women to help build women up so that they can spend more time focusing on things that are really going to build up themselves and their world instead of being so insular and confined by this one single goal of taking up less space and that consuming the majority of our thoughts for, you know, all day in, day out when we could, again, be spending it either, you know, just enjoying life with our friends and our family, being really present in the, in the moment in time. And even you enjoying time with your friends and your family has a ripple effect on them. Can, can you remember a time when you were with someone or in a group of people and everyone was present? People aren't on their phones. They're present. They're looking at you. They're talking. They're asking questions and how much that had an impact on you and then how you then carried that on in your day. It matters. This stuff really matters. And when we get so focused on being so hypercritical of our bodies and ourselves, we lose sight of this. So I just went on a really big rant, but there are the six ways that I would coach myself through my crash of 2016. I would say all of those things to myself. And if you're listening and maybe if you're going through a crash or you've sort of been in one, maybe you're wobbling out the other side of it, uh, please, please, I hope you can you know, take something away from these six points. If you have a friend who is perhaps struggling with these things, if if you wouldn't mind sharing the episode with them, that would be amazing just so we can really help our the community of women that we have here with what we're doing and and help this ripple effect extend further and further and further and just us saying like we've had enough this is not the way it's going to be anymore things are going to be different we're going to start spending our moments in time differently we're going to start spending our moments in time differently okay because we all only have a finite amount we have no idea how much that is 
And it is really, really important that we are using it in ways to build ourselves up instead of constantly tearing ourselves down. So I hope you I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Uh, please, again, please share it if it resonated with you. If you wanted to message me in the DMs and share with me your experience, I would absolutely love to do it. Please message me. Sometimes I get messages like, I don't want to take up too much of your time or I know you're busy or no, 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 no. Like I really want to hear from you. So please reach out. Please message me. If you are needing help and support with doing this yourself, if you're needing help and support with your training programming, if knowing, you know, what appropriate volume allocations are so that you're not fucking burning yourself (laughs) at both ends, right? If you need help with your nutrition protocols, if you need support and accountability, if you want to either entering a maintenance phase and really help yourself get out of this, or if you're at the point where, yes, you do want to lose some body fat, which is totally fine, but you're wanting to do it in a really intelligent and smart manner where you can sustain your progress long term i do have online coaching places available now they are open so please just dm me and inquire about online coaching with me and we can find the service that fits for you i have a few different options um, in terms of um, you know training only nutrition only training and nutrition together or even just programming so there are lots of different options that i can help you with if you're wanting some support in your journey to help you reach your physique goals your training goals and do this in an intelligent and sustainable sustainable fashion so that you can for once and for all get this heavy weight off your back and finally enjoy your training and nutrition okay so please reach out on instagram in the dms Uh, that would be amazing so i will leave you guys there and i will speak to you next week